previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island, UK in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me today is... That's right, and we're not going to be doing a regular episode today. We've got a special episode because... Why are we have a special episode? Because we're going on vacation! That's right. We will be back next week with a regular episode, uh, or maybe two weeks with a regular episode. We'll see, but we'll definitely have good, fun, bonus episodes and special content for you guys. So thanks for listening, and we hope you guys are having a great end to your summer. Bye-bye! All right. Well, thank you for sticking with us. But not sticking it on us. I think that's a new thing that we're going to say at the beginning of every Spoils of Love now. Because this is Spoils of Love. And this is a thwap-free zone. This is the official after show of Little Bit Leave It. Official according to who? According to me. And I make the rules. But I tell you what color they are. Exactly. Today, we're going to be talking about Love Island, What Happened Next, the third episode, which covers seasons five and six. We covered the first two episodes in the previous editions of Spoils of Love, so you can go back and listen to those and get caught up if you're interested in doing that, or you can just stay here and hear about seasons five and six. Yeah, the other spoils is, 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 is were good, but I think this one is going to be the best one. This episode starts with what I thought is the second strongest scene in the entire three episodes after the very first scene in the first episode. This one with Ovi and Amber is really a delight to watch. I think that was a lot of words to say something very short. But true, I do think that Ovi and Amber's scene together was fantastic. They are obviously genuinely good friends. You could see that during the show itself, and that bond did not seem to have dropped. Uh, They also ask each other real questions, which was really nice. So yes, Amber does mention her clothing and her makeup and all that stuff. But Ovi asks her about her feelings right after she won. I don't think that psychological aspect really got examined enough, except maybe they touched upon it in that first scene, like you mentioned. Yeah. I think this scene really forced me to reconcile the on-screen personas, the off-screen personas, especially with Amber, who's one of my favorite characters in season five, but off-screen has just been a mess, I think, just promoting diet scams, multi-level marketing, going to Dubai during the pandemic. And I think you're right that scene explores the pros and cons of a life-changing experience like Love Island. And Amber was 20 and she's still only, you know, 21 or 22 in this interview. So that's really young, you know? Yeah, your prefrontal cortex doesn't even finish 
maturing until you're 25. And that's why you're not allowed to rent a car by yourself until you're 25. Is that really the reason? Yes, because you do stupid shit. But we still allow you to get a driver's license. And frankly, most people don't stop doing stupid shit after they're 25, right? Yeah, for me, it was 32. My 32nd birthday, I took stock of my life and my choices and said, okay, it's time to be a grown-up now. Yep. What I thought was one of the most interesting pieces of this scene is when Amber talks about that she can't work in a salon anymore. And she just kind of casually mentions that, you know, she had been working in a salon, kind of pursuing that as a career. And that is now totally closed off to her because of her celebrity, which is a consequence. It sounds like she wasn't really expecting. And it sounded like she's still kind of figuring out what she wants to do, which, you know, for a 22 or 23 year old is totally normal. But figuring out what you want to do when you have hundreds of thousands of eyes on your every move That can be a little stressful, I'd guess. You know, we can say everything that we want about her poor social media choices. You know, the fat, the schemes, the the trips. But if she's not producing, she's not getting paid. And this is the only job that's really available to her right this minute. Especially considering a lot of TV shows aren't filming. I don't even know if she wants to be on TV or whatever. But this is the option that she has. If she's not doing things with it to make money, she can't work in the salon. COVID is still bad. What the hell else is she going to do? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. You know, as much as we criticize contestants of the show for just abandoning their careers and becoming social media influencers, I think that ignores that for many of them, it's not really a choice. They end up having to do that. Similarly, could Jack Fincham really go back to being a pen salesman after winning Love Island season four and then getting a spinoff show? Probably not. Ovi, though. Ovi has taken a different route. Ovi is playing basketball in Le Mans in France. Yeah. He wrote a book teaching people to acknowledge their self-value, which I really loved. Ovi, bastion of positivity. There's no wonder he became such a fan favorite so fast. Oh, yeah. But there's also a big difference between people who come into the show like Ovi that are already public facing, that are already in sports and entertainment. I think that allows them to incorporate Love Island into their life in a less disruptive way than a quote unquote regular person like Amber, who was working in a salon. You can go back to being a professional basketball player after Love Island. Yes, your trading card might be worth more. Yeah, it probably only enhances your reputation. I'm sure that there are some guys you play with and maybe some coaches who look down on it a little bit and say, oh, you must not be that serious about basketball to go on to Love Island. Isn't the summer the off season? You know, I don't really know how the European leagues with their schedules are. But, you know, if you've read anything about what they did for Ovi while he was on the show in order for him to keep up his training and his practicing, I think you would realize how serious of a player he is. What did they do? You can't just like dangle that. What did they do for him? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I just assume that, you know, all of our listeners are as informed about Love Island as we are. But maybe that's a mistake. This is from the guy who said Dom and Jess had a daughter. So really, it's patchy. So what did they do for Ovi to, to let him practice? So they built a whole practice court for him. And every day he got to spend a couple hours just practicing on the court. 
Yeah. So he was able to maintain all of his practice regimen while he was on the show. I wish they had shown him either practicing or messing around with some of the other Islanders because I'm sure they would have enjoyed a pickup game or seven. They missed an opportunity. Yeah, I think that might have been fun. One of the reasons they might not have done it is it could have shattered the illusion of Love Island in a sense because I think the court was incorporated into like their larger production camp. It would have meant showing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, which for people like us is great. And we like that. But I think a lot of people maybe don't want to see that. Okay. So it's like Disney. Yeah. The cast only tunnels. Exactly. Fair enough. Should we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. We get a little video from Greg. Greg, who's killing it. So obviously he and Amber didn't work out, but I think Greg will be okay considering he's an Olympian And a Love Island winner and studying for his law exams. He's like every Jewish mother's number one Love Island pick. Yep. He's so handsome. He's good at sports. And he's a lawyer. Handsome? He is handsome. He is like, he's sexy. Maybe not classically handsome, but he's sexy as hell. Okay, you say so. A man who can take a kick in the face. Speaking of, in my opinion, overrated beauties, we've got Molly Mae and Tommy. That was a really, really funny segment. First of all, I need to say that I love the teal testimonial couch. It's a really pretty couch. ITV or whoever, if you're going to sell it, call me. She watched the clips of Mora coming on to Tommy and they're best friends. Yeah. So basically, Molly Mae applauds her. Fair dues to her. She really tried. Yeah, that was really funny watching Mora flirt with Tommy. And then Molly Mae gets to watch a couple of scenes that are probably much more pleasant for her. Molly Mae had a hard time with the Casa Amor stuff. Watching their journey was really cute. She's really annoying, Molly Mae, sometimes. She's definitely one of the Islanders I find the most annoying. I do not really care for her at all. I think... There are tons of Molly May stands. I mean, she had a following before going on the show, and she became huge after the show. She's pushing for a huge ring and a flashy proposal, which I thought was a little bit tasteless. Meanwhile, Tommy, my sweet Tommy, is training hard because he wants to provide for his family. Then again, he also wants five kids. So, Tommy, I don't know how many dudes you have to punch out to provide for five kids and a woman demanding a big-ass ring, but uh, good luck there, sir. It's a good thing you're young. Yeah, and he's clearly at this point going the celebrity boxer route, not the quote-unquote legitimate boxer route. Considering he's about to box Jake Paul, like, yeah, I agree. This is not exactly uh, Tyson Holyfield here. They haven't actually announced that they are going to fight, but it seems to be leading in that direction. I think that Jake Paul has challenged Tommy Fury, and now Tommy Fury is talking crap back at him. So it does seem like it's only a matter of time before that happens. Oh, I hope Tommy beats him to a pulp. I mean, this is all like a mutually beneficial thing, right? And I get it from Tommy's perspective. I mean, look, if I had the option of becoming a celebrity boxer and making a ton more money and putting myself in less personal danger and physical danger, of course, I think that's the smart choice, even if it's maybe not as, I don't know. Pure. uh, Yeah, I was going to say honorable, but that doesn't really seem like the right word. I mean, certainly the boxing purists do not consider Tommy Fury a real boxer right now. And if he boxes Jake Paul, I think it's all over. Again, 
trying not to judge these people too hard because if the option were open to me, I would probably take it too. But it is worth noting that Jake Paul is a really horrible, horrible human being. That's why I'm cheering for Tommy all the way. And I just love Tommy. I don't care. I would prefer if he did not do it because I think that giving people like Jake Paul more exposure and more publicity is a bad thing. That ship has sailed, right? Jake Paul is not fading anytime soon. That ship has sailed. So the next best thing is for him to get the ship beat out of him. No, I I would like to see Jake Paul get this shit beat out of him, and I'm definitely going to be rooting for Tommy. I would be happier if Tommy found somebody who hasn't been recently in the news for exploiting his employees and sexually harassing women, you know? Tommy versus Jack Fincham? Yeah, I would definitely be supportive of that. Or, you know, even other influencers who just are not as horrible as Jake Paul. But I agree, this was a fun segment, and it leads into... Amy, Yuande, Anna, and Anton. I really liked two of the four of them when they were on the show. And I have to tell you that Yuande and Anna impressed me now. Yeah, I agree. Especially with Yuande. She seems very mature. She laughs at herself. She seems like she's really grown and reflected on the whole experience. And I think we kind of got a sense of that from the little bit of social media that she's been doing. She just was not very sure of herself. You could tell that her self-confidence was not as high as some of the other overinflated egos. And in this segment, she looks absolutely divine. It feels like she fits into herself. Does that make sense? She can laugh at herself, though, because they first discuss her plunking herself on Danny in that super awkward scene where it's too little too late. She decides that it's time to show Danny some affection. And she's not a big person, but that plunk was so ungraceful. That was really funny. On the show and on replay. Anton and Belle had a peaceful breakup. And now Anton. Yeah. Anton. I I really liked to see Anton. He's a motivational speaker. For kids. Yeah, I thought that's really cool. I am a bigger fan of Anton after watching this. I always kind of liked him. I thought he had some issues listening, maybe. But, and he was kind of an idiot sometimes. Yeah, and his mom still shaves his bum. He's been offered laser treatments, but he prefers to bond with his mom. Please make a note that if this is ever me and our son to like... Do you think I would ever let it reach this point? Cut the apron strings, I mean, come on. Anna, who I absolutely detested on the show, despite my moments of sympathy for her during the whole Jordan thing, she went back to being a pharmacist because of COVID. She realized that she was needed and she did what was right. So I have to hand that to her, you know, reconciling on screen and off screen. It's always nice when off screen, they're a better person than they were on. Yeah, I really am very happy that she did that, just like I'd be happy if anyone kind of sacrifices some money and some fame in order to serve their community. I think that's really, really noble. What did you think about Amy? Did they, did Amy do anything? Yeah, I, I also did not really get much of an impression. She doesn't say all that much. She wasn't that great on the show either, honestly. I could have done without her. Yeah, I was hoping for more from her and got nothing. Just one other thing about Anna... She also has a fucked up plastic surgery face. She's in my like top five pangiest sorts among the Love Island ladies all time. And it was disappointing that her beautiful face 
got chopped up in a way that made her look less gorgeous. Yeah, I don't know why. She, I mean, I do know why she did that. It's too bad. But yeah. Uh, so moving on, we've got a little video from Curtis. Who's also boxing. So maybe Tommy versus Curtis. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, he was just taking some lessons or something. He's not going to really be a boxer, I don't think. I don't know. But he comes off as a blowhard. He is a blowhard, and they interspliced his video with his tribal dance at strip night, which, looking back, is quite tasteless, actually. That's what it was? It was a tribal dance? I don't know. He had feathers and a loincloth, and he was kind of doing... I thought... Do you ever see the movie Can't Buy Me Love from the 80s? I don't remember. Okay, so... This was where Patrick Dempsey was introduced to the world. What's up, all my Grey's Anatomy fans? And he plays a super nerd who wants to impress a popular girl because, you know, 80s. And he's going to go to the dance. He wants to learn how to dance. And he decides that he's going to watch a PBS show about African tribal dances. And so, you know, he goes to the dance. You're ready for him to embarrass himself. And instead, the whole gym ends up doing this African tribal dance. And frankly, Curtis's dance looked like that. See, I always thought he was trying to do some type of a Mardi Gras type of thing. Well, how much of New Orleans culture came from Africa? Yeah, I guess that's true. Mardi Gras is really a blend of African and Spanish and French cultures, right? I can't say right because I don't know enough to definitively stamp that. But yes, that would sound correct. Yeah. And then we've got a really fun scene with Chris, Michael, Danny, and Jordan, who all live together now. And they're joined by Mora. They're all single, temporarily. We all know what happens. Mora and Chris get together, and it is delightful. Chris makes amazing comedy videos. I highly suggest you check them out. Chris was always, you know, a great bit of... What am comic I relief. Thank you. Chris was always good for comic relief. He is very comfortable in his masculinity. He is very comfortable in his nudity. It's not sexy nudity. It's just played for shits and giggles. So very entertaining. Yeah, Mora is a big TV star now. Michael has apparently left firefighting and is now a male stripper. He's now a Magic Mike, except it's Dream Boys. And I have to tell you, like, there's nothing wrong with that as a profession. I am not shaming but it does seem like an odd turn for somebody who is very bright and yeah. fairly accomplished. I mean, it just seems like he's using himself for his looks. I just think Michael is one of the most disappointing Islanders in all six seasons, given how much, you know, how much potential he really does seem to have. He's a really smart guy, has a degree in whatever biochemistry, then became a firefighter and to me, this is like a guy who is, seems to be on a downward trajectory in terms of his ambition and his goals. And I was really disappointed. And as much as we talk about, you know, certain people having avenues closed off to them, you know, we talked about that with Amber. First of all, that seems to be something that's much more a problem with the women than the men on the show. Well, I don't think Kem could go back to cutting hair. Right. But what did Kem do? Kem got opportunities to obviously be on TV again and he then saved some money and he is opening up a restaurant that he is going to be one of the owners of so it's not like kem is some kind of multi-millionaire but kem is one of the people obviously he's also got the podcast the official 
podcast for Love Island UK. Which we have never listened. I have never listened to. Yeah, I've never listened to it either. We didn't want to be influenced. So Kem has really parlayed all of this into... Foundational success. Yeah. He's setting himself up for long-term success. And I think there are other Islanders that we could point to. Dr. Alex. Yeah. And Michael is one of the people I would have thought could have set himself up for something like that and a longer term outlook. So I'm disappointed. Mora could do with a good sticking. Don't worry, Mora. Chris is on his way. Yep. We get a little bit of foreshadowing for that. They cheers with sausages, which may have to become something we do this summer. Yeah. You could just tell that that group of people really enjoy each other. They really get a kick out of each other. It was very wholesome. Despite all the sex jokes, it was a very wholesome group. I really like seeing solid friendships. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with that one. And it was better than the one from season four. Yeah, I agree. It seemed less staged. There's a great bridge from season five to season six. Yes. Lucy and Luke M. the Meek are in love. They are attached at the hip in their active lifestyle. There's dogs. There's surfing. There's blondes. He looks happy for the first time, I think, on TV. Yeah, I agree. I think they seem like a good couple. He always looked nervous or constipated, you know, as we're going through season six again. It's a nice opportunity to re-examine all these people. And he's, I don't want to say worse than I remembered, but he talks a good game in his introduction video in the beach hut. But he really has zero game when you actually put him in front of girls. So... I'm happy that he's happy. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, I do not like Lucy, especially after the revelations around how she treated Yuande. I didn't like her before that. I liked her even less. She is somebody who clearly does not wish to engage in any type of self-reflection or personal growth at the moment, at least when it comes to thinking about racism. And that's disappointing. But I will say that I actually think Luke M is a good person for her to be with in that sense because re-watching season six I actually end up liking Luke M a lot more than I did the first season or maybe I'm just paying attention to him more than the first time we watched it I mean he's easy to miss he's not his best self and in that short video with him and Lucy you really see a new light in his eyes well what I was going to say is that in season six I think that he ends up coming off as one of the more thoughtful and perceptive and mature people on the show. Hopefully he can help her grow. Yeah. From one Luke to another Luke, it's time to catch up with Luke T and Shawnice. Oh, I love them. I loved watching them watch the show. She watches the return from Casa Amor and she cries. They're in love. They live in London. They have a fashion line. They have a very cute YouTube channel. All is well in the castle. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Shawnice has said she wishes that she could have met Luke T apart from Love Island, but she's thankful that she went on the show just to have met him. But if she had to do it over again, she probably would not have gone on the show, which is such an interesting thing for her to say. If she hadn't met Luke T, she probably would have regretted going on. 
That's a really interesting position for her to take, considering how many people were so, so, so grateful they went on because of all the opportunities it gave them. All the people who were struggling beforehand now had that lift. Whereas she seemed pretty confident and sure of herself when she came in. So it's nice that it ended up helping her because it could have just as easily broken her. Props to Luke T for finishing his banking and finance degree. That's going to come in handy with all of the influencing and merchandising opportunities that have come and will come their way. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So the next couple we get to see. NASA. Eva and Nas. No, I'm, I'm calling them NASA or NASA. So they split for a few months during lockdown, but they are back together by the time of the filming and they're still together today. They're on the track, but taking it slow. I think they're great together. I love watching them. Yeah, I'm excited for the second half of this season. Now that we know that it's a stable relationship, I'm interested to pay more attention to it. I was just so hurt that he ditched Demi. Like it really affected me. <laughs> like I should be hurt. But I was so hurt that he ditched Demi that I really, I pushed them to the back of my mind. Yeah, I can see that. And look, this was the first season of Love Island UK that we watched. We did not know about the other Casa Amores. We had no real way to judge. Certainly my first watch, I was surprised that Callum and Nas both had their heads turned. But on Rewatch, I'm not really all that surprised because if you look closely, Nas liked Demi, but he wasn't really that into her. You know, Callum, by the time he gets to Casa Amor, is clearly not interested in Shauna. I really wish we had a better moment from Demi in this special. She's single and lonely and watching TV. So cute, cheeky chappies out there in England. Somebody please go find Demi and love her up the way she deserves. Yeah, my only note for the Demi video is a frowny face. Yeah, it was sad. Somebody go love her up. And speaking of that other couple that emerged from Casa Amor, we get Callum and Molly. Ooh, we watched their Casa return with Shauna's infamous congrats, hun. Woo, Shauna. Shauna is not pleased. So how much of that scene do you think was planned ahead by Shauna? How How many of those lines do you think she was delivering off the cuff? Or do you think she thought of those beforehand? I think that was off the cuff. I don't think that she wrote down all of her fantastic one-liners before she went on the island. I think that she's smart and quick-witted. The only reason I ask is because online, you will find people talking about the congrats hun as being a planned line. But she didn't know for sure that, that Callum was bringing someone back. I don't think any of these people have real evidence. It's just circumstantial evidence, given that we know Shauna was making everything up the whole time. The relationships were fake, but the emotions might have been semi-real. Oh, yeah. She really wanted to win that money. There you go. Exactly. We all have our motivations. And the other thing I really liked about the segment is Callum saying that Molly has opened him up to new experiences. Great. He never dreamed of going on a train. Until he was with Molly. And I just thought that was such an interesting, achievable, I guess it wasn't even an ambition, but it's just like, I never dreamed of going on a train. All right. Considering what I understand about how frequently the English use trains compared to Americans, I thought that was one of the most damning things he could have said in terms of how provincial he probably was before going on the show. I guess you don't need to take the train to the Tesco or to the bar, the White Horse Bar. Yeah. Which isn't there. Is that the White Horse Bar or the White Town Bar? I have no idea. Molly's a saint. Callum's a wet wipe. And onwards and upwards. And we transition right into Shauna. 
There you go. Another fashion designer. And she is quote unquote single. Yeah, she's doing the influencer thing. This is before the story came out about her and her boyfriend. So I just thought it was interesting that she said that she was single. Yeah, actually, that's right. She's lying again. Still lying. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Then we move to Mike and Priscilla, who have been getting a lot of flack for their anti-vax positions, which I think they should be getting flack for. They should. Their boyfriend and girlfriend. He's a full-time influencer, influencing people to make stupid choices. On the other hand, Mike, I think, has been really good in terms of his conversations around racism, around Black Lives Matter. He's been out there in front, and I think he has this style this conversational style, which you see in the show, where he's very good at confronting people without being confrontational. And I think that has served him well in terms of how he speaks about Black Lives Matter and racism. It's possible for someone to hold views that I agree with and also views that I don't agree with. Absolutely. People are complicated, you know? You know who's not too complicated, though? Hi, everyone! Yeah, even Jess. Oy. They're still only 20, maybe 21. I guess they're 21 now. It's been a year. In the other episodes, talking about what happened next, we've been talking about who we want to see that we didn't see. And we'll we'll do that at the end of this episode as well. But Jess and Eve are two that we did see that I really could have gone without seeing. They have a fancy apartment and they're sexy on Instagram. That's what I got. Yeah, they're in Canary Wharf, which is for you New Yorkers who are listening to the show. It's kind of like if someone was like, bragging about living in, I don't know, Long Island City in those high rises. It's the financial district. Well, yeah, I know that. In terms of like its place in the cultural geography of London, as I understand it, it's like the types of people who would live in Canary Wharf. It's an expensive place to live, but it's not necessarily a place that has a lot of character or history to it. So it's a lot of the criticisms that people had around Battery Park City when the newer parts of that opened, say, 20 or 25 years ago. That's, I think, a lot of the feeling around Canary Wharf. Okay, well, that's someone's got to live there. Oh, yeah. And it's very successful. I'm sure it's a nice place to live. More uncomplicated folks. We've got... Ched. Ched, who I actually really like. I have no issue with him. He still likes working out. He's a whole lot of man. I'll say he's just another one of the people who on the second watch I have been really paying attention to more. And I like him as a person on the show. He comes across as very sincere. He's a great character. And he comes across as as sincere here as well. And he and the Casa boys have their group chat. So, you know, nice male friendships. Always up for that. Also, I've noticed online on Reddit, there are a number of Ched heads. Is that what they call themselves? That's what I call them. Nice. You should tell them that. So last but certainly not least. No, I love them so much. It's our season six winners, Paige and Finn. So Paigey, I want you to know I love you. Oh, they rewatched their final scenes and the last episode. And it's so romantical and they're so cute together. Yeah, I got into this one. I enjoyed watching it. My only note is a smiley face. Yeah, Paige got a deal. Uh, She had that horrible single. Finn designs clothes and they love each other and they live together. And I mean, that's not news. And hopefully we'll see a ring and some cute little piggy puppy babies soon. Yeah. So missing from this one, who did you not see from season five that you wish you had seen? 
I think they covered season five pretty well. There was nobody I was really missing. Yeah, they really got all the key people. The only people I could think of that I might have wanted updates from would have been Francesca because she had her shop in, where was it, in Essex? Yeah, I guess. And this is a little bit weird maybe, but I would have kind of liked to have seen Sharif. And maybe him talking about what happened, why he's out. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly not going to bring him back, right? Because of all the controversy around his exit, which increasingly seems like he was held to a different standard than some other contestants who have been on the show. For sure. And race seems to have played a factor in, in his leaving. For sure. For sure. There's no way you can convince me that it wasn't. But dude was a chef. I am into food. I'm kind of curious to hear what he's up to these days. Well, I'm sure you can find him on Insta or Twitter. I'm not that curious. Something like that. Not that curious. Season five, I thought they did a pretty good job. But season six had a lot of glaring omissions, I thought. Well, the biggest one for me, I would have liked to have seen Sophie and or Connor. I would have liked to see them together, honestly. But... If they had to be done individually, I would have settled for that as well. But I would like to have seen both of them. I, this is an odd one, would have liked to have seen Ollie. I would have liked to know more about that hunting controversy since I spent so much time reading about that. I mean, so much time is relative, of course, because there wasn't that much. But how does he feel about that? Was he kicked off because of it? He's on Cameo for like 15 bucks. I'm kind of motivated to pay him the 15 bucks and ask him to explain himself in a video for me. For some reason, I don't think that is going to actually fly. I don't think he would answer that. No, but in real life, Rebecca wasn't in it and she's all over Insta with Biggs. They're now in love. So it would have been nice to hear from her directly. And also one of my sneak new favorites, Connor with a G. Yeah, I would not have minded to see Connor with a G. He had a big impact despite only being on the show for a week. And the reason I would have been excited about it is we would have had a chance of seeing him with Beth from the Circle UK season two. They are now together. They've been together since July 2020, or at least that's when they announced it. It was July 2020. She just got eliminated for the second time from the Circle season two. So it's good to know that she finds happiness because she did grow on me. Yeah, I really liked her on The Circle, and I think they seem like a great couple. So that's about all that I have to say about Love Island What Happened Next. That was a lot of things that you said, though, so I think it's pretty okay. Yeah, I think so, too. People are used to my wordiness at this point, okay? That, and they only get the edited version. Y'all don't even know the amount of time I spend cutting words... And pasting sentences back together. So just thank Ben for his thoroughness and his attention to detail. And thank me for putting it on a platter for you. Yeah, everybody, really, Everybody contributes. Everybody does their part. Thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon. So next up on Spoils of Love, we're going to talk about what? We're going to talk about Stand Up and Deliver, the comedy competition reality show that included one Curtis Pritchard. We're going to see if he's funny and we're going to roast him if he's not. Yeah. And there are also some interesting controversies around the editing of the episode where Curtis alleges and his family alleges that they gave him a really bad edit. Well, it's easy to blame the editors when when you suck. I would also say that 
if I were the producers of that show, I would have done my damnedest to give him a bad edit. That's how I'm going to get ratings because people do not like Curtis anymore. They just tanked his career. Well, they love to hate him, really. Yeah, and there's always the dance. You can always go back to the art of the dance. Yeah, that's all from us, all from Staten Island, and we will catch you guys another time.